Hello, everyone. This is Ike Patterson, pastor of Life Care at the Summit Church in Kernersville, North Carolina, welcoming you to another one of our Life Care podcasts. Today, another rare treat that we have. Vicki Spencer has done some podcasts with us before. She's a parenting coach, the proud mother of a young man who is flourishing. And uh, she shares a lot of her story about her son in one of her two books. She's the author of two books, Mama Festo, and the new book out now, Vicki, is Fearless Fridays. And so that's more of an introspection of you going through a period of time in your life and where God was ministering to you and you were learning all kinds of things. But we're delighted you're here, dear. Thank you so much. She is going to talk with me for a few moments. This is particular podcast is for parents who are concerned about widening their circle of influence with their children in a fallen world. So we're going to talk about protecting your children in a world that is uh, crumbling around us, to be honest. There are stories all the time of people who are designated caregivers or familiar friends who take advantage of their position of influence to misuse children. And Vicki is doing uh, a presentation for us on uh, as parents dedicate their children in a few weeks for us here at the summit. So I wanted to use her oppor- this opportunity to be able to have her come and talk with us about how we protect our children. So, Vicki, how does a parent feel when they're supposed to trust others with their children and then that trust is kind of broken? Yeah, so first of all, thank you again for, for having me here. It's Absolutely. always so great to be here. I think when, you know, we know that we're, we know we have people in our lives that we can trust. There's mm-hmm. family members, good friends that we have over long periods of time. And yet when we have kids and we have to introduce daycare or we have to introduce after school help or we have to find ways of getting help and care, it's incredibly terrifying to even know where do we begin to vet yeah. who and how and where and all the possible scenarios without looking like we're crazy mm-hmm. um, because we have we do have a lot of legitimate fears for our kids. Mm. And so it is an incredibly um, terrifying thing because we don't have markers for what we're supposed to look for. I mean, mm. if people with candy kidnap our kids, we we would we would probably let the stranger give our kid candy. I mean, we, we we're kind of sheep out here. So yeah. It's such a privilege to be able to talk because there are markers, some very interesting ones that we can begin to use um, and then practice so that we get really good at it and move forward without, I was, I was going to say without looking crazy, but the fact is I'm sure people thought I was crazy at different points and I was actually really dead on with some things. Absolutely. So we have to let go of being afraid of being perceived a certain way when we're trying to engage and protect our kids. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, it, it's important for everybody to know that you're going to be protective and you're going to right. do the work, the homework, to make sure that, you're, that your children are protected. That's right. So if somebody is a perpetrator or if somebody is going to harm, they're going to be weary of you asking all kinds of questions, too. Right, so, for sure. So what are some ways that, the, that they can screen for problems ahead of time? Would you have any suggestions about how parents can do that? So there's this really interesting book that I have been using for almost the entire time I was a parent, and it's not a parenting book. 
Um, it's called The Gift of Fear by mm. Gavin De Becker. Mm. And Gavin De Becker is an international security specialist for governments, large corporations, public figures. And in this book, he really breaks things down for the everyday person on how to stay safe. And over and over, on there's some videos of him on YouTube, but also in the book, The Gift of Fear, he talks about how our intuition is honed and refined over centuries and millennia. Hmm. How, and, and in some ways, I think about that as the Holy Spirit, or our yes. inner voice, our gut, however you want to phrase that. Um, he said that it's something he can't beat, even with all his technology, threat frameworks, and everything else. The, the trick is, is to be able to listen to that, mm. uh, to not think, oh, I'm crazy, to not mm. dismiss it. I think a lot of women feel like, well, that's just my anxiety. I'm just freaking out. So we have to understand there's a little bit of a difference between when your intuition speaks and when your anxiety is cranking. One of the things that I have been able to use is intuition. Um, there is no intuition feels like a fact to me. It doesn't have any emotional attachment to it. And it's not necessarily attached to past behavior that you've encountered. There's, there's just in, in, in my head, in my mm-hmm. heart, in my, in my body, it's just a statement. Yes. This is not like this statement could sound like um, something's not okay here. Yes. Now, that could cause a little like question in me, but I'm not freaking out, reacting, trying to make this situation okay. You see the thing? Absolutely. There's just a, a statement inside that's like something's not okay. So then I have, I, and I won't get into tangents, but I have 10,000 yeah. other things to do with that. Yeah. I just want to introduce if a international security expert like Gavin DeBecker says, trust your intuition, trust it. So yes. absolutely, number one, trust it. Yes. Number two is there's a technique that people will use, and it's in in a wide variety of situations. Let me just bring it down to parenting. It's called forced teaming, and forced teaming is when somebody's like, "Oh, it looks like you need help. Let me help you with this. I've got you. I'm going to take. I I can help you with this." When you have actually never asked, you are not the one that approached them. You see what I'm saying? Yes, a boundary violation. It's a boundary violation, but because, and and especially we're in the South, it looks like they're being nice, that's in quotations, and then we should be nice back. And because of that, we actually override our instinct to say something's off. Yes. So if you, a great way to think about this is if you can tell your best friend, Hey, this person came up to me when you're recalling the situation and this person said they would help me and this person said this and that and it's all initiated by that other person, you have forced teaming. Hmm. So that's actually so I'm thinking about daycare people yes. who may be nefarious in some way or other people who have ulterior motives. Um let me help you like I see you have a problem and honestly you may legitimately have a problem. But you weren't asking for their help. Yes. Nor right? is it is there any of their business to solve your problem. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. Um, so let me give you the converse of that. The converse okay. is you've done your homework. You've done your research. You're approaching a daycare. You're approaching someone to help you. You're in control. You decide the questions. You be, are able to respond to the answers. You have the power of choice, yes or no. I I do want to choose you. I do not want to choose you. And that's where you want to be when you're trying to figure out 
Where does my kid go? Who do I let in my life? Yes. And that includes, even when I'm thinking of divorced women, about people, guys that may not be great for your family. Again, this is all part of it, right? Okay. Can we explore a little bit more about the intuition? Sure. (laughs) I don't want to take us on tangents, but I know that there are many listeners in this podcast that are going to go, so how far do I explore this? Uh, What if I've got a gut? What if I've got an instinct that's going on here? What if I say my antenna are up on this? Right. What do we do about that? That is such a great question. So thank you for uh, this is a great tangent. I love I love talking about intuition, um, especially when it comes to women, because we think everything has to be logical. Everything has to make sense. We need a reason. And we don't always do that. And mm-hmm. our intuition is as valid as the 15 research studies with X, Y, Z proving, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. We already knew that. So mm-hmm. in this and talk about research studies, intuition has over and over, over again, proven um, some amazing truth. So long story short, um, if you feel like your intuition is kind of triggering you and you may or may not even be clear about what's going on, sometimes it's just a feeling like a, just yep. a stop. Right. So there may not even be a word. There may not be a statement. There just be may a hold on. Something's off. Right. I would pull back um, just a little bit. So, so either not engage or listen to it. Listen to what is happening uh, more objectively. Maybe I'm engaging. Let's say I don't want to use you as an example because my intuition has never gone off with you. Let's, <laughs> let's say I'm I'm talking with my son about yeah. something, and my intuition goes off, and and some, he's saying something, and now I'm I'm going to pull back and look at this in a more objective way. Right now, I'm going to have a little bit of different questions. I may steer something a little a little mm-hmm. differently because mm-hmm. because I've had a, a like a hit. Of hold on a minute. And it's okay to pause and think about that. Have to pause and think. Yes. Because you're actually changing the momentum of where things were going. That intuition was so powerful that it stopped what was already happening to tell you yes. we need to we need to change something here. Now Vicky, that is so important because most people feel like, okay, as a parent, especially if I'm not an experienced parent. But my intuition goes off. I go back to what I've always been told, which is you got to trust everybody. You got to trust some people. Right. So if that intuition button goes off and it's not because I'm so full of anxiety at everything that could happen right. to my kid, but I'm pa- I got to hit that pause button and really consider this. Even if it means I can't continue this conversation right now, maybe we can talk about it later. Even if it means putting a pause on the interview. E- even that. Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example. I was going to use it later, but I'll, I'll bring it in now. It works really well. Um, we had a situation where there was a, a newer family friend that was introduced by an adult into our sphere of family. Mm-hmm. And this family friend wanted to make a movie about parkour kids. And at the time, mm-hmm. Jordan was doing free running and parkour. Mm-hmm. And... To start off, they wanted to do a photo shoot. And I was like, okay, so what? Because that hit me sideways. Antenna right? went off. Right. Well, yes. everybody else is excited because, oh, my God, this is awesome. He has connections to L.A. and this mm. is going to be whatever. And it's going to be, you know, whatever. And I said, hold on. So I said, okay, so if I agree to this <clears throat> and there was no contracts, there was no anything, I'm like, okay, so second hit, right? No contract. And I'm, 
And then third hit, okay, well, let's just do a photo shoot, see if we're comfortable, and then we'll come back and talk to the family about things. I said, yeah, but there's going to be an adult supervised and present wherever you go on the photo shoot. Right. And I was not chosen to go, and the adult who was supposed to go got 30 minutes in and allowed the two to go off to apart from any other adult. That's a violation to me. Absolutely it is. Everybody was very clear mm-hmm. that for me to be okay with this, we needed adult, adult supervision. Now mm-hmm. that got violated. Right. Now my intuition's hitting off a third time. Now they want to talk about uh, this movie. So they you know, ultimately came back a week later. Let's talk about a movie and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I just really don't understand what we're doing here. Right. I said, what is the promise? Where is the contract? Why can an adult not be present? And, and it you takes wanna... courage, Vicky. It takes courage for you to ask these questions. But as a parent, you have to have the courage to do this because nobody else will. Because nobody, because our kids, their brains are not developed to stand up for themselves. That's right. And in some way, we're laying what it looks like very kindly. Nothing that I've said is offensive. Mm. I was very much relying on an objective fact of mm-hmm. where's the contract, what's mm-hmm. being promised. Yes, will there always be an adult chaperone? Mm. Who who do I know will that be? That these are these are very normal level business questions Absolutely. that a man to a man would ask. Mm-hmm. So that if anybody thought that was odd for me, that's their problem because mm-hmm. this is very normal. And I think if we can normalize our questions, yes. normalize when we're trying to get answers on behalf of our kids, normalize and say, just because I'm asking doesn't mean I mean, it doesn't mean I'm aggressive, it doesn't mean I'm crazy, it means I have questions that I would like answered. And by the way, if I can't get answers to those questions, I'm not in and neither is my kid. And that's not offensive. Yes. That's what we're called to do. To be the advocates for our children. Right. That's our God-given responsibility. Right. Absolutely. So ultimately, long story short, with my requests never being met, there was no further movie being made that right. included my son. And to this day, I don't know of a movie that's mm-hmm. been made other than the parkour community themselves kind of doing and. An, uh, you know, one parkour kid videos another. Right. I mean, other than that, but there is none. Okay, so I appreciate you you spending a little bit more time talking about that because I feel like that they needed to hear a little bit about how we trust our into instinct or intuition. Yeah. So what about being aware of problems even after people are let into their lives? How do we address those issues? What's I think one of the hardest things is realizing that your judgment uh, was off or that you learned something later on that Mm. would have changed your judgment or that, oh my gosh, these people, this friend, this kid, this whatever is now in my inner circle and this something is odd, something's not going well. We we have another intuition about something happening, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, So first of all, I just want to say we absolutely can always change our minds, We always have permission to say, you know what, I can't get together today. You know what, this is not a good time. You know what? And we can just keep putting off and creating this boundary distance Mm -hmm. until we sort ourselves enough to figure Mm -hmm. out what to do next. Mm -hmm. So we have that obligation to for our own lives to step into what are our choices and say, this far and no further. I'm not settled with something that's going on. I don't know what it is yet. Yes. Because pretty much... 
once our intuition kicks off, you have to understand we're still in the mindset of the original situation. We need air and distance and space to be able to say, let me think about this differently. And it's perfectly normal for you to say, let me think about this. Pull back. Yes. Uh, It's essential. So... Let's go just kind of um, super, super tactile. Mm-hmm. Some things that may clue you off mm. that you didn't realize, because we can't always be where our kids are. That's so right. if we're listening to what are children telling you about something, right? Um, listen to that. So the kids' intuition. See, kids are great because they don't care what people think about them just quite yet. That's right. <laughs> they want to please mom and dad, but they but, don't know that the rest of the world thinks they might be nuts. But kids are picking up on the intuition of their parents, and they give the information that they know you would be interested in. Or some things, the kids have a foundation for what normal is in my home. If an adult violates what's normal, I'm going to come tell you because yes. you're my parent. Yes. Right. So that's why we have to be great parents because we're laying this foundation. So anything off of this, the kids are going to be like something's weird because this doesn't feel normal. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's Mm -hmm. that's really important. Um, The other secondary thing is, does the person or whatever want to take your child one on one? So even if it's a family Mm -hmm. friend, do they always want to go for a walk with your kid? One-on-one. Do they always want to go hang out? Do they want to go take them out to go fishing again on Saturdays? Like, hold up a minute. Right. And I'm not accusing... Just hear me. I'm not accusing everybody of this, anybody of, of anything foul, but you have to at least question, why does an adult consistently who has their own life want to hang out with your child over a period of time? Yes. That's not normal and not okay. That's right. And we need to be able to call that and say that for what yep. it is. Yeah. Um, and then the third one is, is do people respect our boundaries? Mm-hmm. So there was actually like maybe one child that Jordan had over that just completely in the teenage years didn't respect the boundaries. And I said, you will, you know, you will need to go home. And actually, he never came back again. Mm-hmm. And I said, you need to understand in this house, here's what we do. Here's how we do it. You are, love you to be here. But if this isn't OK with you, you don't have to be here. And so do, do kids who come into our homes respect our boundaries? Do other adults? So if we have the, the fishing buddy once a week. If we say, you know what, this isn't okay with me and and this isn't going to happen. If they come back and say, wow, you're accusing me of something. You're this. uh -uh, That's a violation of my boundary. I said no. Right. So I don't have to I don't have to explain it. I don't have to qualify it. It's my kid. The answer is no. And we don't have to continue. There's no accusation going on here. This is me being a parent. Absolutely. That's right. So I I think let me ask you this question. I think this is important. What do parents need permission to do? Yeah, I think we've been hitting on it, but let's just go ahead and kind of encapsulate that. Let's just that. talk about it. Yeah. Um, they have to trust their own no, because that intuition often comes with a no. And, and it may just be a stop. It may mm-hmm. be a wait. It may be a no. Mm-hmm. We have to trust that. Uh, of course, it's going to go against the situation or the culture or what's expected or whatever. It, it, it has to. Because something's not right. Yes. Um, secondly, we have to worry about not offending people. Let's let's get. I think especially as women, and I know there's there's dads listening too, and and I know now dads are are worried about oh my gonna how am I not gonna offend my wife or how mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. the, the mother of my children and mm-hmm. women are like how how can I not offend this situation? How can I make people happy? We don't have the the luxury of that anymore. 
not when it comes to our kids. Yes. Um, I think there's ways to be tactful. I don't think we should be and assertive. Uh, yes. I don't think we need to be aggressive or mean about anything to get our point across. Right. Uh, but I think that's part of what our intuition and our know allows us. Yes. To get clear, to figure out why, you know, to not react in emotion and say, I just said no. I don't want to get rid of Like, how about we don't do that? That's right. right? And that's we just right. back up a minute and say, yeah, I said no because I'm uncomfortable with the fact that there's no contract here. Yes. That's not ugly. Yes. And if they're offended by that, then they just tipped me a card that they had ill intent. You're absolutely right. Okay. And see, in the South, we have a problem with saying no to people. We've always been taught to be respectful. We've always been taught to honor our elders or whatever you want to call it. We've always been taught that. So in the South, we find it to be uh, appalling sometimes that I'm wanting to say no to this situation. There is nothing wrong with you setting boundaries by using that word. It becomes a holy word almost sometimes when your intuition is telling you this is what you need to say. Yeah. Very good. I had a little motto in my office at one point, and it said, "Um, trust your sacred no, Mm -hmm. because it is sacred. It is. Yeah. I think the other thing is to, and I know this sounds counterproductive or intuitive, but let's just say, find other family friends with kids the same age as yours and make micro-communities. Say more about that. So, if I'm isolated in a neighborhood or in a community and I only go to work 9 to 5 and I only come home and I'm hoping that my daycare is fine and I don't have um, other people's input, my, I'm not allowing my kid to go sleep over somewhere, I'm not allowing my kid to have friends over, I'm not engaging in communities, I actually am missing out on information that I may need. I'm actually missing out on support that I could have. Yes. And I'm missing out on allowing my kid to grow and be on their own. Now, if I have a great relationship with my kid and I allow them to go to a neighbor's house and they come home and they're like, oh, my God, he spanked this. He spanked her in front of me. Yeah. Well, we're not going to go there again. OK, lesson learned. But that doesn't mean I'm a bad parent or I'm horrible. Right. That means I needed to let that situation happen. And now we can say no right. and we can move on. However, nine out of ten times. That may be a really great match of mm. friendships. That may be you got my back, I've got your back. You know, I know it sounds funny, but even 30, 40 years ago, we did this all the time. We had <laughs> communities. Right. We hung That's out with each other. We, yeah. we, 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 we did, you know, fried chicken on Sundays. And like, everybody <laughs> in my neighborhood spanked me. So yeah. it, <laughs> I probably deserved right. it. <laughs> so I think, I think it's okay to be... a. Go ahead and, and, and practice your intuition. Practice everything we've talked about right. and, and open up a little to a micro communities, people that make sense to be friends with, um, people that are have my are my kids. My kids have friends. Those have always been great clues because they yes. like each other. Well, they like each other because they're easy for each other. And if they're easy, chances are the families are similar. Yes. So it would be good even if you have to drive, like even if they met in daycare or kindergarten and you have to drive a little to engage the family. Yes. That's great. I think sleepovers, although I think Jordan was young for sleepovers, he started at five, but that was to a neighbor's house next door and they had been friends for two years before there was any sleepovers. Yeah. So I think around the age of, let's say safely, seven or eight, if you have a couple of years behind you of friendship and everything's Mm -hmm. been good and everything Mm -hmm. checks out, let your kids sleep over 
Jordan has had several friends over who have never had him sleeping over. And I used to ask the parent what's going on. They said, we just don't have people sleep over. Mm. And I'm like, wow, that's really sad. Yeah. So because it expands the influence of the child. I mean, they're able to grow and understand society and situations. Hey, I have a follow up question right along these lines, because I know we've got listeners who are going to be asking this. So as far as our involvement, parental involvement in situations, when are we too protective and when can we let go? That's a book right there. Yeah, that is a book, right? So, um, let me just say this. So, uh, Gavin DeBecker also wrote a book called um, Protecting the Gift. So, it's an entire book on how to protect your kids. If you just want to know, like, what's, what's the, like, DEFCON 5, how to be protective, <laughs> so that you can come to your end and yeah. say, I have done everything I can do, and yes. now I'm going to let them go and trust then go ahead and read the book. I read that book. I read the other book because I freak out. And I like I like knowing I've done all I can do. Let's be Thank honest. Thank you for owning your stuff. Yeah, I do. I'm going to own that. <laughs> but when when I have come to all those ends and when when I have dotted all my I's and crossed my T's, yes. then, that, then my child is absolutely free to go do his own thing, come back and let me know if things are okay, not okay, and live his life because I've put in all the boundaries and bases that I've needed to know that I knew. Everything else is a surprise. Everything else is a lesson. Everything else is just something somebody needed to learn or deal with, and I'm I'm okay with that. I think most moms just want to know what's in my zone What is is my Mm -hmm. responsibility? What is Mm -hmm. up to me? So let me give you some thoughts. Okay. So, again, you're, you're listening for feedback from your child. So how's, how's it going? How, if they come home from a play day or hanging out, how'd that go? What'd you guys do? These are easy little, little touch-based questions. I'm not going to say you should, shouldn't do that. I'm not going to judge it. I just want to hear some information. And so right? we ask the question in a way that's not freaking out or anything right. else. We're just being... Conversation. Yeah. Because I've already done my due diligence. I've already, probably already met the parents. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm good with this. I right. just want to kind of keep tabs. Secondly, I think another great one is developmentally. Are, is my child in a situation where he's able to handle it developmentally? So I can't give him, at, at the age of two years old, he wasn't handling scissors. At the age of three, he can. See, so yes. at the age of two, I have to be more present. I have to be around. I have to help. But by the age of three, he's got to learn to do this on his own and I can pull back. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about doing that with people, is my kid in a situation where he can say no and he'll be heard? Or are the parents like super controlling things have to be done a certain way? Because mm-hmm. at two to three to four to five, my kid's not going to thrive in that kind of environment. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're just doing a little checking developmentally. Is this a good fit? The truth is, by the time Jordan was like, I think, six or seven, even though we were in the middle of like OCD and a lot of other things, he had 10 families that he could go to wow. at any given point. That's because fascinating. it was important to me yes. as an only child that he have friends and people and that I had support and that we could help each other out. Some of us were stay-at-home moms. Some of us were working moms. And we all needed each other's backs at some point. And, and Vicki, so, the, the, the story, of that, you just gave us the history. The story of this is that Jordan has gone off to California on his own. 
Yeah. Because he's had the courage <laughs> yeah. and the encouragement of yeah. being in your home and being with this kind of influence where he could be God's man. Yeah. So, Jordan, what what I'm really proud of in my parenting with Jordan, because let's just let's just say because I'm a person who tends toward liking control, and I do have a little fear. Well, you have owned everything. <laughs> I own it. I own it. Um, you know, to, to have Jordan say he doesn't, he wasn't ready for college a couple of years ago, yes. and he wanted to go to L.A. and he wanted to try some things. I went out to L.A. with him for right. a week. I saw, could he handle this? That's right. I saw, can you find an apartment? Because I don't have any contacts out here to help you get an apartment, right? So I saw him step up. I saw him land two apartments. I saw him find a, a mini job while we were out there for like seven days. I saw that he could navigate this so that when I did officially send him out, I didn't, I'm not, I'm not in his, I'm not in a suitcase. That's right. Because we've already walked that road. I, I trust him implicitly, and there's a great connection between us, and he always knows he can come home. That's it. If, if kids don't know that, they, that they're free to say, I'm scared, I'm worried, I, this happened, then we have a whole different la- layer of problem. Then so, you're not the helicopter Jesus is. That's right. I've done my part as a mom, yeah. but I'm not following him the rest of his life. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So, friend... How can people feel safe with their kids and that their kids are in good hands? Can you give us some markers that can point us to this is when you know that they are in good hands? Yeah, I think places like the Summit, places that are licensed, the bonded daycares, background checks, schools. That do their due diligence. Do the due diligence. Mm -hmm. Actually follow up. You can ask to see records. You can ask, can I just... I know this is a lot, but, you know, do you mind if I, you know, double check this and they'll say yes, then great. That's great. Go ahead. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the ones that I worry a little more about is the signs in the, in the front of of a house saying daycare and there's no official paperwork for it that, yeah, they may have openings, but like, why do you have openings? Right. (laughs) Because I don't know about this. Um, and then I think also referrals from friends who have really high standards. Yeah. Uh, I think those are really fair because if their standards are high, then you can kind of piggyback on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think people that you have known forever um, get a green light, yellow light, because I think situations in life changes and, and people can change their minds or go sideways. But in general, if you've really been involved with people in your life that you love and know and have had your back and you have their back and... You know, nothing seems off and your intuition is good. Yeah, then, then that's another that's another one. There are safe places for us. Absolutely. We just have to calm down and figure out what can we do to mitigate the, the, the things that aren't safe. That's right. Yeah. So follow-up question to what you just said. Yeah. What do you do if your child comes to you with information that things are not okay? Yeah. So... I'm gonna um, I'm gonna keep this as vague as possible. Um, I've been in the area a long time and have been to a lot of churches, so yes. let me say it that way. Okay, and this has not happened at the summit at all, so this is great. But in the past, at one of like 50 churches I've been a part of, there was a situation where where uh, there was a study for adults. Kids were supposed to be supervised. 
and I saw um, young children, young girls running out of their room playing dress up, but they were naked. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, something's off. That's right. Couple of days, couple of times in a row, Jordan would say they they have told me to leave the room. I said, "Well, they're dressing," and he said, "But not all the boys are leaving." So now I have like, okay, what is like, who's the supervisor? Well, we didn't have an adult supervisor. Well, we did, and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. You see, so I'm using some things that I see. I'm using Jordan's feedback. So long story short, one step along the way, it became clearer that your antenna, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I addressed this with the parents because I said this is. This isn't what we agreed on. This is not okay. Mm-hmm. And they they blew back and said, they're young. Everybody's having fun. It's all fun and games. They're just playing dress-ups. I don't know what your problem is. You're this, that, and the other. And I said, that's fine. I said, what I need is for Jordan to be in a separate room, and he can just watch TV or something. Mm-hmm. And they were like, that's fine. So then I looked like I was isolating my kid, which, fine. Again, yeah. I don't care. So we we finished the and like it was like a five week six week something right. like this right. About two months later, I get a knock on the door, some people from church, asking me what did I know, what was going on, what did Jordan say because they've had incidents and reports of things happening Absolutely. when that was going on. That's right. And I I just want to say. I, I feel so sorry for that situation. I feel sorry for the moms who are defensive over my questions. I feel sorry that things happened to where kids were um, endangered in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I have a great relationship with Jordan, he wasn't involved in that. And the truth is, the only thing I could tell, which it, it breaks my heart even more, I said, well, the truth is Jordan wasn't involved, so I can't even tell you anything because we were so on the outskirts of anything that happened. And they said, why were you on the outskirts? I said, if nothing else, it was because you said there would be an adult and there wasn't. I said, so that alone to me is is a, is a deal breaker for what we all agreed on. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of, um, let me capsulate this yes. so that it makes sense. You can apply this little template I'll give you to any situation. Okay. Um, if a child comes and says that things are not okay, you first of all, you listen without emotion. Yes. Because we don't want we don't yeah. want to first of all, we don't want to stop the flow of information. If they see that we're freaked out, scared, worried, yep. or getting ready to blow our lids, they're gonna they're gonna stop talking. And they may think that they have done something wrong. Right. They're Absolutely. gonna turn they're gonna say, Oh my god, I'm a bad kid. Yes. And it's actually not them at all. So we yeah. need them to keep talking so we can find out what's happening. Right. So in my situation I would say, Well, Jordan, like, did they kick you out or did you just wanna leave? Was it that they asked you to take your clothes off too, or were they just doing like I'm trying to really understand the context of what's happening and Mm -hmm. then through the answers you'll get a a clearer picture Mm -hmm. of what's going on so you want to be interested like engaging interested oh that's interesting but not emotional or judging right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the second thing is to pray and let it settle yes because whatever our kids getting ready to tell us we're we're fighting not hitting something or going through the roof over this. This is our kid. That's right. right. So we need a minute to just pull back, collect ourselves, pray, and ask God for his vantage point because there may be other questions that we need to ask our kid, right? We may need, like, wow, I've, I'm hearing all that my kid is saying. I need a minute to think about this. What else, how else can I think about this? Or ask God, 
um, I need more information. Yes. Can you give me, can you send somebody or something to me so that I need know, know more about something I need to know? Also, um, we may need to listen again or at, go back and ask, were they playing a game? Were clothes on? Did anybody touch anybody? So there are some actual questions that need to be asked to figure out what are we dealing with here? So if our, my, from the time Jordan was like four four years old, he understood very clearly where our bathing suits are, right. our protective places. Because you taught him this. Right. Yes. And anything outside of that, I don't care if they're family, I don't care if they're friends, I don't care if they're your best friend, or That's they right. are, if they're a teacher, anybody, they do not touch apart from where our bathing that suit is. That is the role of every parent to teach what are safe zones. Safe zones. <clears throat> and we wear bathing suits because that's supposed to be covered mm-hmm. in ours and protected. That's right. And so we may need to go back and ask some some of because the truth is we're going to forget. Like, what were the questions I was supposed to ask? Yeah, what am I? Oh right. my God! So, that's right. So just let it settle for a minute, and then lastly, we we do have to act. So there's going to be an action that we're going to have to take. That's right. And I want to. I just want to say that because I don't want to sugarcoat the fact that if your kid comes to tell you anything. Chances are you're going to have to act. 99% right. of the time, you're going to have to at least address something. That's right. Speak up on their behalf, question, and and maybe move them, maybe figure something else out. So yes. understand that you have all you need to be able to do that. You have the you have the intelligence. You have the resources. Don't be afraid. Don't yes. be afraid of that. If people question you, it's okay. You're doing what you're called to do. Right. So if you have to act... If possible, address it with the adult in charge. So I don't know if the situation's at a daycare, you know, not here as a Bible study, but, you know, uh, um, other places. However, address the adult in charge who is, who is making decisions and say, hey, this is my concern, my problem, whatever. Make alternate emergency arrangements. Yes. So if my son came home, if he was in daycare and he said anything about something, and I addressed, and I went the next day, and I was not happy with what was said. My child would not be going to daycare that day. Mm-hmm. There would be alternate arrangements that I would have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. Somebody in my back pocket that I could mm-hmm. last minute say. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just say push comes to shove, and there has been touching. There has been something done. Yes. Again, don't freak out. Your pediatrician can diagnose. The pediatrician can ask them questions. Therapists are on hand. That's right. There's nothing that that is done that can be that can't be undone in time, especially when we're we could if we can't prevent it we can deal with it, um, but we have to know about it, right? There has to be a lot of. I think I think one of the besides my intuition, one of the strongest preventatives I had with Jordan was implicit trust that he would come tell me. Yeah. We had a great. We still do a great relationship. And you maintain composure right. during those conversations yes. so that he can trust you. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. And let me add this to what you just said. Uh, our life care department here at the Summit Church is aware of resources in the community that you will need to know if reports need to happen uh, and how to go about doing that. You can access us. Uh, here at the summit, and we'll be happy to talk with you about that too. So, that is so critical because when you're scared and you're afraid, you feel alone and you don't know where to go. That's right. So, the summit is an amazing resource for you to 
email, text, call, just say, this is the situation. What's next? Yeah. And they will move you forward. That's amazing. We will help you with that. Yeah. So I have one final question. Yeah. So what's a perspective to take on the path of a child's life? So I'm an admitted mama bear. Uh, I do it from a very far distance. I have tried to. Um, you know, we we spend every day and their years teaching them, showing them right from wrong, how to fight, how to stand up for themselves. Sometimes we do it through our own example. Sometimes we encourage them to do it for themselves. Um, there are eyes not only in the back of my head, but on both sides and as well as in my forehead, <laughs> on top and under my feet. Um <laughs> That being said, I can't be everywhere all the time with him, right? right? And so I have to learn, and I have had to learn, and I'm, I kind of have learned this a lot, and this this feels good to say, that I can trust myself and God to cope with and handle anything that comes up. Yes, ma'am, you can. So when I have that trust in place, I'm a lot less afraid. Yes. And a lot less controlling because, no, go ahead, because the chances are the bad thing isn't going to happen. It's just I have to know that I've done due diligence, and then if it does happen, I will handle it. Yeah. I think, too, I have had to come to the older he's gotten and the more time he has spent away, so high school and on, we have to come to more of a letting go. And we have to understand that in letting go, they will suffer, that it's life. We're not going to be able to always pick them back up. They will have to pick themselves back up. All I want to know is that I didn't unintentionally put him in harm's way. Yes. And from there, I trust God with him. Yes. I trust God with his life. It is a sacred path. He's on his own journey. I have no right to intervene and engage on something that is his own, like... Uh, if it was drugs or alcohol, sure, I would yeah. I would be saying something. But even at this point, first of all, he knows better. He wasn't shown that way. And 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 second of all, if it's a lesson he has to learn and work out for his own path between him and God, yeah. then I I make a deep bow to the sacredness of life and people's choices. Yes. And so, it is a hard thing to be a mom because your heart will a piece of your heart will forever walk the earth. Yes, that's right. <laughs> How how vivid that is. Hey, I, w- I want to add something, too. Um, as a parent, grandfather, wow. and, and now Yay. as a great-grandfather. Oh, Ike. Congratulations. So, um, I want to say that frequently we have parents in this office that we have to tell them and challenge them. There is a time when parenting stops and guiding begins. Yeah. And... That is a grievous time for them because they've always been parents. They've always done well. They've always loved their child. But now that the child is becoming an adult, all they will really listen to from you is guidance. Yes. So we have to move and shift to that place in our counsel with them and how we speak to them. And quite honestly, we we have the privilege at that point of being able to go. You know, there are consequences that you're going to have to face as a young adult. And I can't do it for you. Right. So my wish is, is that you would make good choices here. 
And if you don't, then it sucks to be you. Uh, well, and if you don't, it does suck to be you. And what was the lesson you learned? Yes. So what did you learn? Yes. Because sometimes they're going to make the same lesson over and over and over and over because nobody just said, I I think there's something in this for you. <laughs> but And as a guide. That's the guide. You have that That's conversation yes. about what did you learn? Yeah. How do you grow? What yeah. are you going to do next time? Yes. And so. Yes, I love that. I love you. I appreciate <laughs> love you, you my friend. <laughs> Uh, you have given us godly counsel so many times in this church with the ones that we refer to you. How can people get in touch with you? You are a certified parenting coach. And if they wanted to talk with you, how would you suggest they contact you? So they can find me and my resources online at themomwhisperer.com. And that's the best place to go. Okay. Yeah. Would you pray for us? Absolutely. Okay. Father God, thank you for the ways that you've made us parents, that you are asking us to be strong and courageous and use um, use the resources that we don't even know are in us until we really need them on behalf of our children and when we need to help us to access them. Father, I pray for divine guidance and for intuitions to be sky high after hearing this. Lord, mm-hmm. I pray you would give permission to people who are afraid of rocking the boat or saying no, that you would strengthen them and help them to find their sacred no's. And Lord, I pray for our kids to be protected. Yeah, I do pray for the angels to be around them and for them to have protection um, and for us to have wisdom um, to know how to continue to walk with them as they grow up. Lord, it's a, it's a hard and holy thing to be a mom, and uh, thank you for the gift of our kids. In Jesus' name, amen.